0: Shapeshifters on The Money Show. This time every week we have our Shapeshifters. Last week was Ray Nittling and uh, this week is not Ray Nittling, it's Gary Kale. Oh no, and I don't think he's a swimmer, but he is the co-founder of The Money School. Um, We chatted about The Money School just a couple of weeks ago. We thought this would make an interesting shapeshifter because so many of you email me and SMS and send tweets uh, to say, what do I do with my bond? How do I operate? I've got lots of debt. What should I do? How should I fix my financial problem? And in many cases, the solutions are not that complicated, but one can't give advice um, because we don't know the full extent of your personal circumstances. So uh, what we thought we would do is talk to you about the money school and give you a sense of what the money school does so that you can say to your boss can we have the money school please come to the office and teach us all about how to manage our money better uh, so Gary Kell is the co-founder of the money school when when did the concept start about 14 years ago so we've had we've had different forms um, in the business
1: but it started essentially sitting across the table from our broker feeling like I had gone to a gunfight with a knife <laughs> and I really had no idea and uh, as a salesman does, making reasonable amounts of money when I was about 20, so I'm all grown up now, and about, I'm 39, and I was sitting there just not understanding anything, and I wanted to invest my money, and I, the only thing that I had in terms of leverage is I said to the broker, the only reason I'm giving you this money is because I know your
0: dad. And and, which is, unfortunately, the, 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 first, the vast majority of us make our first investment, buy our first insurance product through somebody our dad knows. I mean, it's just the way the world works. And if you don't have a dad who knows somebody, you don't invest, generally. Well,
1: I, yeah, I th- and, and I think that even if people want to save, they don't know how to. Mm-hmm. And they're scared to save
0: because they don't know what they're being told. And saving, ultimately, people say, I'm going to save, I'm going to invest. And they put money into a current account. Um, or they put money into an interest bearing account, which at the moment, if you're lucky, will give you 5%. Well, um, I
1: actually had that experience yeah. yesterday. I found my banker, and now I wanted to set up a call account. And they suggested, you know, they'll give me 5.3%. And I said to them, okay, so let me get this right. If I put my money in the bank, it's going to devalue over the next year. So my money's going to be worth less
0: next year than it is now. Please tell me that your banker understood that she laughed and she said there's nothing I can do about it yeah. because at the end and what we're talking about here of course is the inflation rate is sitting at 5.9% at the moment That's right. and an interest rate of 5.3% means that this time next year your new balance if you've got a thousand and your your balance of a thousand, help me out here a thousand and fifty three uh, will be worth less than uh, than it is today correct I mean I don't
1: expect them to make me money but at least just keep the, the, the value of it at least um, but I think you know just in my own personal experience at the outset trying to Trying to save There was something That I didn't understand And that was I was shown a lot of zeros At the age 65 If I just put my money away For a period of time And it was a couple Of million rand And as a 20 year old does They think they're now Financially free So if I just take This couple of hundred rand Put it away for the next 45 years or whatever it is
0: I'm free because I'm going to have a couple of million. But-, but but also the financial services sector in those days was far more guilty than it is today of giving you an assumed rate of return, saying if we get you 12% per annum or 20% per annum over the next 25 years, um, this is what your money will be worth. Yes. Uh, and they don't teach you about the time value of correct
1: money. so even if there's overestimation or even if it's underestimated the problem is is that somebody doesn't understand that three million rand in 45 years is buying you a toyota taz yeah it's not retirement money but in today's terms the consumer thinks it's a lot of money yeah. and that's why financial education or managing your money well is a diy job you have to take responsibility and understand it's not up to you can't blame somebody else for for not telling you what your financial future you, looks you, like you
0: can blame whoever you like but it's not going to change your financial position when you're 70.
1: No. Or 20 or 30? Yeah. You know, most people that we, we, we sing now in our workshops, when they're 18, is probably about the wealthiest they're ever going to be because they owe nothing and they have nothing. And when they're 28, they've got a lot of debt. I mean, if you look at where, where stats are. You know The average debt-to-income ratio in South Africa is 80% yeah. at the moment. And the savings ratio is at zero. It's actually doing really well. No one's saving. But it was, it was at a minus a few years ago when, when people were cashing mm-hmm. in their investments. Um,
0: these, are, these are real issues. And what- so, so take me back to 14 years ago sitting across the table from your broker. A light bulb comes on and says, I need to learn about this stuff. And once I've learned about it, I can make money teaching other people about it. Yeah, I think my, my question was is do, do you not think that we should
1: set up a training company to teach people about me? I mean, sorry, to, to teach people like me about what, yeah. you, what you are saying? And that's what we did. So for a couple of years, we had a business that was, it was really financial services focused and we would teach people, uh, effectively translate what the broker is saying. So that they could engage correctly and at the correct levels. So they understand what risk means. So as an example, if a, if a, um, a financial planner is talking to somebody about risk in their life and they're saying to them that you need a life policy because in case you die, you get a dread disease or you know, you're disabled. Now, the consumer thinks that that's leverage. They think that the person's trying to coax them into taking this product. As an educator, we have a different position because we're independent. So we can say everyone in the audience, put your hands up if you've got children or a wife that relies on you financially. Now, if something happened to you, would it be a negative? Or you a sound like an
0: insurance salesman.
1: No, but what I'm saying, so I'm just trying to show you from an education no, perspective. Are we saying, you know, take responsibility.
0: It's reckless not to cover risk in your life. And, you know, uh, and, and the, the problem with that risk is it's an admission of mortality. It's an admission that you're not infallible. It's an admission um, that, uh, you know, you might not be around forever. And for a lot of people, that's quite a hard thing to accept.
1: It is. And, well, let's just say that everyone's positive and they do believe they're going to be around forever. That's even a bigger problem. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I I think that the single biggest problem that people have got is they've just there's no understanding of
0: the, what's going to happen in their financial future. And, and, and okay so that's the one side of it. Um, I will counter that yes. um, because when I've been faced with a similar scenario and then you get the quotes back from the nice broker who has told you about how um, your children will starve and uh, be out on the pavement and, uh, um, and and it'll be your fault and you'll be rolling in your grave and you know all of that sort of stuff because they mm. do tell a good scare story. Uh, they then send you a qu- And life insurance is relatively cheap per hundred thousand or per million or whatever however much life insurance you you buy. Yes, but what is so? incredibly expensive and what puts a lot of people off buying protection for disability which is almost more debilitating on a family because if you have a disabled breadwinner in the family who's no longer a breadwinner you have to go to the additional expense of looking after them if they're dead they're gone the problem disappears yes um but but if you've got a disabled person in the house now that insurance is vulgar in its pricing
1: you know there's a balancing act and i think that from from my experience with with a lot of people that are, that are corporate employees they don't look at what they actually have in terms of cover from a group provident or pension fund so when they're sitting they're sitting in isolation because they have no idea actually what their portfolio looks like but I, but but it actually it's 10 steps before that because it's I, I'm saying that there's a balancing act, and and this is because what I find is that most people don't have the necessary disposable income because of the financial decisions that they made over the last couple of years. So if they if they actually just did a cleanup and understood where they were spending their money and and just prioritised things, they'd find that they actually have more more money available to do the right things.
0: I, I, I'm loving the more and more financial institutions are coming up with tools. You've also got um, Gabriel Davel, uh, Christo Davel, I pick upon Christo Davel in Cape Town with. 20- two seven. yes um these are the guys that do have got a tool which you pay for um but you you submit your monthly payments and where you spend your money and guys who've done it tell me that they have been shocked at the where the amount of money they spend for example on things like cappuccino and uh, popcorn at movies and all that sort of stuff because it breaks down what you spend your money on and only once you know what you spend your money on are you really able to get a grip on uh, managing that money better you make a good point. If you look at the payoff line of the money school, that's vula metslo. Vula I always believe. I wake up every morning. I go vula So I,
1: open, open your what? eyes. Open your eyes. Open your eyes yeah. in Zulu. So what you're saying is that's what the compute that's that's what the consumer needs, and as soon as they have that experience, that is when they start to understand the game that they that they're currently playing. And you know, there's 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 a there's too much euphemism around teaching people about education. So everybody knows don't spend more than you earn. Yeah. But what they need to understand is, is that if you spend more than you earn, what it means is you're either borrowing money because you don't have it or you're going and you're accessing your savings. So what's the result? You just got poorer. So let me understand this. So you went to work. You didn't see your kids. You didn't go to any of their sporting events. You worked late. You dealt with a lot of, a lot of pressure plus financial pressure plus you got a wife that you're trying to make happy, which is an art in itself. And Speak for yourself. <laughs> and and at the end of the month, you get paid, and what do you do? Throw the money in there, do what everybody else does, yep. go back onto the corporate battlefield, go make your money. Like, what are you doing? Your 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 actual strategy, if, if you took a step back, was is I'm going to go work hard and I'm going to get poorer every single month. Sounds about right. Isn't that what we all do? Isn't that what South Africans generally do? They, they do. That is exactly what's happening. So when people have such a high debt-to-income ratio, the debt's growing because interest doesn't sleep. No. And they are getting poorer every single day. And that's why you need a real plan and real buy in from everyone in the family to to make sure that that's.
0: I I want to test how good the money school is. I want to test how good Gary Kale is at this education thing. What is the most difficult personal finance question you can put to Gary Kale this evening? Awkward, difficult test him, 21 absolutely anything that's on your mind from a personal finance perspective, if you're struggling with something, if you're struggling to deal with something, if you've got a colleague who's got a problem and you want to know how best to approach them to help them deal with their problem um, I, I know somebody who at one stage had five credit cards maxed out, a home loan that was maxed out and was in such serious dwang, they were considering quitting their job so they get their provident fund paid out so they could settle their debts yeah. and, and people seriously do consider that sort of suicidal behavior at points
1: well, well companies um hr divisions have taken a stand on that where they'll say we can't rehire you back for two years yeah they had to do that to stop people from doing that you've got staff that have got have got garnishies. they know it's like one of the seven or eleven creditors that they owe money to that they haven't paid and they start attaching from the salary and a lot of these staff don't even go and ask who it is and how much i owe and what's the interest and
0: what are the charges and what's the admin and collection fees um, do you know a book called The Richest Man in Babylon? Yes. Is it a fantastic book? Unbelievable. Okay, because now George Sinclair tells me we must all read The Richest Man in Babylon and practice what it says and you will never have money problems. Just summarize The Richest Man in Babylon for me. So there, there's this great concept in
1: that book. So one one deals with something that's really, really a deep-rooted problem for a lot of South Africans, and that is, is that they have a lot of um, – secondary family or friends borrowing from them on a monthly basis yeah and it, you know it's it, it's a good strategy because it's, it's really a helping strategy and it's set up to help put your cousin's child through school etc sure. etc cetera, et cetera. but there's a concept in that book just an example it's very laymanish. It's, it's it's written as a story which is great to read it flows and it's a very very short book but one of the concepts that i loved in that book was he spoke about don't own somebody else's liability so if somebody comes to you and they're borrowing money on a a monthly basis you have to at some point sit down and say let me see your budget let me understand what it is that you're doing because normally what happens is when people want to lend money because they they already have too many loans all they're doing is giving you their obligation so that you're not going to solve their problem they are going to be they already have a cash flow problem right now what makes you think that next month they're going to be able to pay you
0: but how do you say no to somebody close to you who's got tears in their eyes and is burying the third relative who didn't have funeral insurance and the family's dignity rests on um, this third funeral in the last six months and you know that they're never gonna be able to pay If you, you have a close
1: relationship with somebody and you wanna help them, then understand either one, you're sitting them down and saying, I would like to see how you're going to pay me back. Because if you I would, because 'cause first of all, I'd show somebody my budget. I'd say to them these are my obligations. This is how close I am to the edge every single month. Do you understand if you don't pay me back this money, I'm borrowing this from a credit card, this is the implication on me. You can take that route. The other alternatives, if you don't want to be you don't want to do that to someone, you're giving them the
0: money. Yeah. And, and write it off. Yep. Be willing yep. to say, here's a donation for you. Because you're going to ruin your relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and money destroys And everybody knows the yeah. elephant in the room. Absolutely. Mama Loco uh, says, I like this money school guy. He is brilliant. Well, okay, he's a nice guy. I don't know if he's brilliant, Mama Loco, so that's why I'm going to put him to the test. Headphones on, please, if you if you would. Gary Kale, the co-founder of the money school. Cachliso in Mayerton. What is your infernally difficult question for Gary Kale? Hi, Gary Kale. Um, um, I'm, I'm 24 years old and I started working, say, three years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't have uh, life insurance, but I do have um, a retirement fund with the company. Yes. And my reason was that I, I don't have any dependents and if I die or whatever my retirement fund is, will pay for my car or whatever else. Is this... Is this the saviest of decisions to make? thank you very much in Mayton this evening.
1: So, um, so the, the thing I just want to say is, is that um, we we teach everything that's below FSB, which means that I'm not a financial planner and I can't tell you what to do uh, in terms of purchasing an investment or should you, shouldn't you take life insurance? We can just talk the high level, but in terms of in terms of your situation, what you're saying is, is that you don't have any. Uh, am I correct in saying that? that she has no dependence. You have no dependence. So yeah. nobody's relying on you financially. Yeah. So if if you died, and I, I, I mean, don't take this the wrong way, financially it makes no difference to anyone. Yeah. Is that correct? That, that's that's on the line. That,
0: that, that's, what, that's what she says, yeah.
1: Okay. So then what you're asking me is, should you rather be focused on taking your money and investing it? Yes.
0: Uh, 100%. Okay. Um, and that, and that uh, is absolutely right, Kikisa, But uh, um, also bear in mind that there may be people who are dependent upon you in ways you don't know. I mean, Riva's Stenkamp, for example, didn't have any direct dependence, but her family was dependent on her. Yes. Um, and she did help fund them and, and, and all of that sort of stuff. So um, that, uh, consider the, there is a broad family issue here. You might not even know that you occasionally give 500 bucks to your cousin to help through vast fees uh, and all that sort that of stuff. the fact that she's considering all of this is good. Yes. Renier or Renier in The Strand, your question. Hi, Bruce. Compliments on a brilliant show.
1: Gary, my question. That uh,
0: looks like a what tough is your question. opinion
1: on sequestration as a five year plan to get rid of all your debt, as opposed to I've got a lot of debt. It'll take me more than five years to pay it off. And I'll be in a better situation during the five years if I get uh, sequestrated, as opposed to trying to pay the debt off and then be in a better situation
0: after five years. Yeah, Renee, thank you very much for your question. It's a bit like saying I need to lose five kilograms, so I'm going to chop my leg off, isn't it? Um, I think that, uh, uh, Rene, can,
1: how much do you understand about your debt? Do you understand the interest, the cost, the collection fees, the period? Do you know all of that?
0: I, I know all of that. And some of my
1: debts are uh, at high interest because it's, uh, uh, you know, these the guys who, who charge a lot of interest on a debt, Yes. Because I couldn't get uh, a loan anywhere else. So the interest and is the killer. a combination of various things, credit mm-hmm. cards and then high interest loans. Yeah, look, the interest is the killer because as much as you try and pay, you'll find that you probably just at this point in time because you're distressed at the moment just paying off interest. So the capital amount that you owe doesn't actually ever go away. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is you need to get hold of a professional debt counseling company. You should phone debt busters, and I'll tell you why. They have the ability to take your interest rate down to – I'm not going to – don't they, hold they, me they, to zero. They, they will consolidate your debt no. at a lower interest rate no. than you're paying. No, no. They're okay. not going to give you a loan because loans don't solve okay. loans. What they, what they have the ability to do is they, they are so good at solving debt within a 60-month period that they have mandates from the banks and the biggest retailers in the country to literally take his interest to zero. So they can extend a, st- a credit period because what they're going to try and do is give him an, a, a better cash flow. So they're going to take his store, charge cards, credit cards, even the mortgage, car payments. They can extend that to make it more affordable but no interest. That means that he's, there's no penalty for doing that. So it makes it easier for him as well as they will take – when you say consolidate, they'll take one payment from yeah. him
0: and they'll distribute okay. all the creditors. All right. But, but the, the issue with Renier is if, if, if you are sequestrated, it is a blight on your financial record for how long? I mean, whenever I fill in a form, if you're trying to take out a bond or whatever the case is, it's have you ever been sequestrated? And then it says, you know, are you a, re- a rehabilitated insolvent? Also, All of these are tough questions. Also, which... you know, if you've taken money from someone, <sighs> you should pay them. And, and, and you can't go around getting yourself sequestrated it every doesn't... five years to suit yourself because uh, that's immoral. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, Lisejo, uh in Rue de Poet. We, we're testing Gary Kale this <laughs> evening. Remember, he's not a financial advisor. Lisejo is not going to tell Lisejo. you what to do, but challenge him. Go on. <laughs>
1: okay, now I'll try to... I'm not try, try to hi, Lesejo. Just you be doing?
0: nice to me, please. <laughs>
1: I'm not trying to crack your head, but your cover just killed me
0: before you got me on air. But listen, I, I just want to ask. I've got a bond for about one million rent. Yes. Okay. Um, I've got about 400,000. So I'm thinking, should I pay off the bond? Or should I buy a little uh, flat or something, rent it out, create 4000 rand or so per month, and use it to pay off the bond? In again, other uh, words, that, create, create, yeah, it's a- create a... It's a great financial advisor question, and that's a Warren Ingram-related question. Uh, We had a very similar question with Warren Ingram last Thursday, uh, and Warren's question was, what interest rate will you have to pay? Are you paying on your debt? And if you can get a return higher than that interest rate, bearing in mind um, that you may need to pay some tax on the rental income you receive, because if you're using your four hundred thousand rand in cash to pay uh, to buy a property for cash, you're not going to have any interest income you can offset against that. It's complicated stuff. But um be just be careful you need proper financial advice um uh, I think that I, I think can take hits where, in the right place uh, yeah, though absolutely uh, g- get the best possible return you can uh Joe in Rosebank yes hello quick question yeah I'm in a dilemma because I have a section 54 property transfer I got divorced some years ago no one told me I should make this transfer quickly but the uh now SARS, uh, want money, the, the, the uh, property transfer um, uh, tax, um, and because I'm retired, I can't get a loan from the bank. Uh-huh. So the, the the interest which uh, SARS want goes up and up. I can't get a loan. I can't get the property transferred into my name. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, catch 22. Uh, uh, Joe, I mean, is this the sort of thing you can give guidance on at all, Gary? I mean, this, uh, this is beyond the money school. I can't, but okay. Joe, do you want to... Just email me and I can look around for the advice. Okay, Joe, our um, producer uh, will give you uh, will give you the Money School's email address. Uh, just give it to us on Equity. Uh, it's Gary at the Money school.co.za. That's so hard. Gary at the Money yeah. How do people get hold of you if they want you to come in and help staff and train staff? And, they and can so-
1: email me, me directly, or okay. they can
0: contact. Go to our website. All our
1: details are there.
0: Okay. I mean, and that's the money school.co.za. And it is about coming into the workplace and just helping people through common, everyday problems that we all struggle with from time to time. Correct. There isn't enough money. There's too much debt. We've got too, we've got too many responsibilities. And not just in that's the workplace. Today.
1: We've got a really good opportunity for people at the moment where if they'd like to go and sit in a formal environment, uh, we have 44 Boston colleges around South Africa that are now running our programs and they can access um, this education through a an amazing trust that's been set up by One Life called Truth About Money. If they go to
0: truthaboutmoney.co.za, they can access the course funded by One Life. There we go. Those are the key words on that one. I think this is a compliment. Uh, says Andre in Cape Town. I think your guest Gary has ADD, a wonderful powerhouse of energy and good advice. There we go. That's the compliment Thank that you. you were looking for. Uh, Gary uh, Kael is the co-founder of the Money School tonight. Shapeshifter.